There is a day coming when there'll be no more night, no more pain, no more sorrow, no crying again. But we're not there yet. In fact, um, we're still in the battle. Now, I look forward today to the day when the battle will be over. I do. But it's not over yet. And we're living right now in this day in the midst of an awesome spiritual battle. And it's going on in every one of our hearts. No one is excluded in this room. There's an awesome war, a spiritual war, that we're right in the middle of. I was praying with a group, and the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, you need to encourage the people to be sober, to be alert, and to be aware of the spiritual battle that they're in. And he gave me three scriptures that I'm supposed to share with you. And, uh, and they're for you. He knew you'd be here today. It's kind of a spiritual alert. The battle is not over. We will be in it until Jesus comes or till we get home, walk through the grave right on into heaven. The first scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. Now, see, this talks about us in, in, in this battle that we're in. He says, now, I want you to be sober. I want you to be vigilant. I want you to be alert. Now, that, that's the purpose of this message, that we've got to be sober, vigilant, and alert. So in verse 5, chapter 5 of 1 Peter, verse 8, listen to what it says. Be sober. Be vigilant. Man, it can't be any clearer than that. Because your adversary, somebody that's opposed to you, that's against you, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And you can translate that oppress, harass, intimidate, discourage, defeat. Satan, like a roaring lion, is walking around to and fro through this earth. And though we may never encounter him, a third of the angels fell with him from heaven. The Bible calls them demons. And they do his bidding and they do his work. And as he walks around seeking whom he may devour, he has that army of demonic spirits that carry out his commands. And they oppress us and intimidate us and harass us, and discourage us, and oppose us. So he says, now you've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Listen to what he says. Resist him. Underline that word. Resist him. Don't be afraid of him. Don't give in to him. Don't listen to him. Or that demonic spirit. Resist him. Resist him. 
Not occasionally, but steadfastly. Look, resist him steadfast in the faith. Man, you be sober, alert, and vigilant every day, and you resist him steadfastly every hour of every day. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brothers in the world. Then the second scripture that I'm supposed to share with you is over in 2 Timothy. And it's chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And this is going to surprise you a little bit. Did you know the Bible says you're a soldier? As a child of God, you're a soldier. All of us included, from the youngest to the oldest, male, female. He said, you're a soldier. You, therefore, must endure hardship. You mean Christians have hardship? I thought you just got saved and coasted all the way to heaven. Nope. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Wow, I'm a soldier of Jesus Christ. He's the commander, and you and I are enlisted in the army of the Lord, and we're soldiers. Look at verse 4. No one engaged in warfare. Hey, by the way, that's you and me. We're engaged in warfare. Every day. Did you know that? We're engaged in warfare. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who has called him to be a soldier. He said, don't get distracted in the battle. Don't get distracted in the battle. You need to please Jesus who is your commander and who has called you to be a soldier. Then there was one other scripture. James Well, I think I'll just go on and come back to James a moment ago. I'll tell you what it is. James 4, 7, it says, uh, submit yourselves therefore to God. Now remember this, it's James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now that is a promise. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then the other scripture that I want to share with you as I get in this message is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm not going to read all uh, eight verses, but I'm going to read the first couple. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, listen to this carefully now. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. So you know you've got to be strong in the Lord now. It's not your strength, it's his strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You mean we got armor? It must be a real battle. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes and strategies and plans of the devil. Man, he said, listen, you, you've got to be strong in the Lord. And you've got to put on God's armor because you are in a battle, a spiritual battle. Now, I, I'm thrilled today that we just remembered no more day, no more night is coming. One day we will see Jesus who died for us. But right now, till we get home, 
We are in a war. And every one of us is in that war. And every one of us is fighting that battle. And we have to be sober and we have to be alert. Now, let me tell you why the battle is real. The battle is real because we live in a world, stay with me, a world system of which Satan is the ruler. He's the ruler of the world system, of the culture. Now, I don't have to tell you, all over the globe, there are wars and rumors of wars and wickedness and ungodliness and humanism has prevailed in, 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 in the European countries and there's chaos and confusion in the Middle East and all over Africa and other places there's paganism, Hindus, Muslims. I don't have to tell you the shape this world's in. Why? Because I tell you who the ruler of this world system is, the devil. You say, Brother Fred, that's right. I want to read you a verse. In 1 John 5, 19, I want you to listen to this. And you know, it's just one little verse, but buddy, it means what it says. In 1 John 5, 19, it talks about us and it says this. Now, listen to this. We know that we are of God. I'm a child of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, wait a minute. What are you saying? He said, you're in this world. But I want you to understand the whole world is under the control, the world system of the wicked one. I mean, that's the only way you'll understand this world. The way people are killing each other, the brutality, the murder, the unbelief, the millions of millions and millions of babies. Hey, the only way you'll understand the world you're living in is it's under the sway of the wicked one. He's a murderer and a liar, and that's the battle. He is the foe against which we fight. And so the battle is real because the world system is under the sway of the wicked one. The battle is real because there's a battle in us between the Holy Spirit and our flesh. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. Uh, when we got saved, and I hope you're saved, I hope Jesus Christ lives in your heart. I hope you've been changed. I mean, I hope you've been transformed by the power of God. Hope you know you're a child of God. Now, when we got saved, Jesus broke the power of our flesh. L listen to this. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, our old man, our old nature, was crucified with him that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer save, serve sin. He says, we are dead to sin now and alive to God. Now, before I got saved, all I had was a wicked flesh. But that has been broken. It was broken when Jesus died on the cross. And the flesh was broken. It wasn't eradicated, but it was, its power was broken in my life. And so in me right now, there's the Holy Spirit. And then there's that flesh that's defeated or broken, but it's still there. It's patterns. And so that's why the Bible says in Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Now, don't miss this. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. But listen to the battle. For the flesh, it's been broken. It, 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 it does not have the right to rule in your life. 
For the flesh fights against the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fights against the flesh. And they're in opposition to each other. So you cannot do the things that you will. What happens is this. In this world system under the sway of of the devil, he uses the world system, the demons do, to attack us and oppress us. But at the same time, the, the demonic spirits appeal to our flesh and come there to try to oppress us and defeat us by appealing to our flesh. But the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you'll overcome the desires of the flesh. But, but the battle is also real because um, we know what it is to be tempted. That Satan has schemes. Let me show you one. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I want to show you why the battle's real. This culture, this world system's under the sway of the devil. Demonic spirits come and appeal and attempt us in the area of our flesh, even though it's broken. And there's a battle that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. But also the enemy has schemes. He has plans. He has strategies that demonic spirits use to attack us. And it's over in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to listen to this now. It's on the board up there. Now, whom you forgive anything. Now, Paul, this is amazing. He's talking about forgiveness. You know why he's talking about forgiveness? One of the quickest ways the enemy gets a place in your life is through bitterness and unforgiveness. And so he says, now, to whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Now look at the next verse. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. Paul knew one of Satan's big devices to get access and to oppress a Christian was bitterness or unforgiveness or anger. And he said, now if you've forgiven anyone, I've forgiven anyone. And I'm going to walk in forgiveness, he said, because I'm going to tell you something. Lest Satan take an advantage of us and we're not ignorant of his devices. See, he's got plans. He's got strategies. He's got a plan to attack your marriage. He's got a plan to attack your business. He's got a plan to attack your children. You see, he has no mercy. He's a murderer and a liar. Just look at the world and you'll see. But the thing is, we know that we're in a battle. We know that. And God said, be sober, be vigilant. The Bible says, resist him. Don't be ignorant of his devices. Well, now, how how do we deal? Probably will never deal with the devil himself. How do we deal with the millions of demonic spirits that fell from heaven, a third of them, when Satan was cast out? They're under his command. How do we deal with them? The Bible says the first thing we do is we resist them. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. The devil, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. But the second way we do it is we overcome him. See, we not only resist him, any demonic spirit that would oppress you. 
And that's what they do. They oppress you. They harass you. They lie to you. They accuse you. That they, they, they may even attack your body. But the way that we deal with them is, number one, we recognize we're sober and vigilant and we resist them. But the next thing we do is we overcome them. How? Well, I'll tell you, it's right there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It tells us how we overcome him. The 12th chapter of Revelation, the 11th verse, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony, for they love not their life unto death. We resist him, but then we overcome any demonic spirit that harasses us by the blood of the Lamb, the victory of Jesus on the cross. By the word of our testimony, the confession of who we are in Christ, and that as his children, we have victory over him, because Christ is our authority. And so we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We hold the cross up against Him. And we, we confess that in Christ we have His authority. And we have authority over any demonic spirit that would attack us. And the word of, it says the word of their testimony. And then the last thing is they love not their life unto death. In other words, they had already settled it. Live or die, live or die, they were going to follow Jesus. That was it. And that's exactly the way they lived. And they overcame, by the way. Now, um, let me just share mainly three things with you about this battle and how we be alert and how we win, okay? How we overcome. Now, you've got to understand that Jesus has already won the victory over Satan and every demonic spirit. Now the victory is already won. Well, Brother Fred, I sure hope the devil gets defeated. No, he's defeated. I just hope the demons that, uh, that come to oppress me, I hope that they're uh, defeated. They are defeated. Jesus did that. The victory was won on the cross where Jesus crushed the head of the devil. He crushed his head. Satan thought that he had won when he put Jesus, uh, greed and Jesus was put to death on the cross. But you know what he thought was his victory was his ultimate defeat. Because on the cross, Jesus paid the price for all sin. And through him, we can be forgiven and we can be God's children and we can live in the authority of God. And so there, there are a couple of verses you need to look at. Turn over, if you want to in Bible, just look on the screen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And the, 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 you you got to see this now. This will assure you that, the, that no demon has any right to oppress you. No demon has any right to intimidate you or harass you. They have no right. If you're a child of God, you are robed in the righteousness of Jesus and covered by the blood of Jesus, and you have the authority of Jesus, and so therefore... No demonic spirit has any authority over you unless you give it to him. And no place in your life because Jesus has already won the victory. Now, in Ephesians 1, verse 19, this is great, y'all. I'm telling you. I, 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 let, let me tell you something about a message like this. Can I tell you something about it? 
when you start preaching against the devil and start talking about demonic spirits, by the way, the church ignores that today. They ignore it. It's not resist the devil. They think ignore the devil. And they think if you start talking about demonic spirits and how they can oppress you and harass you and intimidate you, they think you're off in left field. No, you're not in left field. You're in the Bible. That's where you are. And, but I tell you what, when you start talking about this, you start feeling a little uncomfortable. You start feeling a little uneasy. And it's almost like a fear wants to come on you. Well, you know why? Satan is a fear monger. That's his ma main uh, scheme is fear. It's fear. It's what it is. I, I remember the first time I heard anything about spiritual warfare. Man, I felt uneasy. I felt, man, this is strange. But no, it's true. Now, now look at chapter 1 and verse 19. And make this personal for you, okay? The battle is yours. The battle is yours. But the battle is the Lord's and he's already won it. Now listen to what it says. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Man, it's, I'm just going just to shout here. God's exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Praise God for his power. I'm telling you, he is the victorious living God. The victory has been won. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Listen, folks, God is not weak. He's almighty. My heavens, you know the devil knows how much power God has. I just wish we knew how much power God has. His mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his right hand in heavenly places. And right now, if I could open heaven, I'd see Jesus seated there, crowned with authority and power. And he's the one who said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above, come on now, Jesus is far above all principality. That's demonic spirits. Power, that's demonic spirits. All might and dominion, that's demonic spirits. Every name that is named. He's far above, far above all of these things. Not only in this age, but in the age which is to come. And look at this. He has, God has put all things under Jesus' feet. Did you know that everything... Satan, every demonic spirit, every principality, every power, every ruler of the darkness of this world, guess where they are? They're under the feet of Jesus. He has their feet, his feet on them. They're defeated. They're for eternally defeated. They know their destiny, which is eternity in the pit that was prepared for the devil and his angels. And so we have to understand that the victory over these have, demonic spirits have already been won. And it says he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things in him. Now, look down in verse 5 of chapter 2. 
I didn't get this to put on the screen, but he might can pull it up there. Talks about he seated us with him up there, and we have his authority. It says, verse 5 of Ephesians 2, Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Man, we're alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together. Now watch this. He raised us up together and made us sit together right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're seated with him in heavenly places. And then to ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Not only is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, and Satan, every demon, every principality, every power, every might, every dominion, all the rulers of darkness are under his feet, but we're seated with him in heavenly places and his authority is our authority. And if they're under his feet, glory to God, they're under our feet. So you, they have no right to harass you, to intimidate you, to oppress you. And all you have to do is enforce the victory that Jesus has already won. You just enforce the victory that Jesus Christ has already won. Ephesians 6.10, you know what it says? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes and strategies of the devil. And it goes on and says, for we don't wrestle. That's right. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Folks, I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. That'd be a lot easier. I can see flesh and blood, but I'm wrestling with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, so oftentimes, demonic spirits oppress us through people who've given themselves over to him. But we're still not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're still wrestling against the demonic spirit that is behind the individual or the group or the society or the government. So what we've got to understand is we just have to enforce the victory. The victory is already won, I'm telling you. And all we have to do is understand that Jesus Christ right now has Satan and all of his demons under their, his feet and they're not cast into the pit yet and they're going to operate in this world until they do, but they are defeated and they cannot defeat a child of God if a child of God will enforce the victory that Jesus won on the cross. They cannot do it. You see the power of Jesus in Acts chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Let me just show you how we deal with the devil. We enforce the victory, but let, let me tell you what. In Acts 16 and 17, he says, there was a girl that Paul, Paul said, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She had a spirit, a demonic spirit on her, and she kept following them and saying who Paul was. Well, after a while, Paul said, I've had enough of this. And, and she did this for many days. Look on the screen. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl, said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Hey, we have to understand that the victory 
over Satan and demonic spirits has already been won. And all we have to do is enforce that victory. Okay? I want to ask you this. I want to tell you this, and we're not going to spend much longer. I'm I'm on. Let, Let me say this. How do we enforce the victory? How that when the, an enemy oppresses me, and man, he oppresses me. I, I remember a few years ago when I was speaking somewhere, and obviously it was strategic what God was going to do, and I got up and I was under such oppression, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't function. I mean, I'm telling you. And I was staying in a motel. My wife was with me. I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to go. I just can't, I can't function. I mean, it was like a thousand pounds was pressing in on my spirit. And I remembered that I had a warfare prayer booklet with me. And I got in, I said, sit down on the couch. I said, I'm going to read this warfare prayer. I'm going to read this warfare prayer. And I started reading it. And um, all it is is truth. It's just truth took me about 10 minutes to read it and I just read the truth and I'm telling you the more I read it the more the spirit of God came against the enemy and the cloud lifted it cloud lifted and instead of oppression there was joy instead of oppression there was peace and see when you feel oppressed and you just feel like the enemy has got you under his feet you you tell him he has no right to do that because he's under your feet because you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places and he's a defeated foe. And we, 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 we just got to exercise the power we have. Now, this is what you need to do. I'll just tell it to you. Number one, how do you enforce the victory? In Ephesians 4.27, it's just three little things. It says, don't give place to the devil. You know, that's in the Bible. Ephesians 4.27, don't give place to the devil. You know when you give place to the devil? When there's sin in your life that you will not deal with, you will not confess, God has convicted you, you know it's wrong, but for some reason you are in a spirit of rebellion and you won't deal with that sin. You say, I'm, I know it's a sin, but I'm going to keep going in there. I'm going to keep going that way. And I'm telling you, you're in a battle. And I'm telling you what happens here when you've got sin in your life that you will not confess and forsake. You won't put it under the blood of Jesus and walk away from it. You know what you've done? You've given place to the demon. And buddy, he'll take it. And he will beat your brains out. I guarantee you, hey, you say, leave me alone. He said, I ain't going to do it. He said, you, you, you've got sin in your life. He'll accuse you. He knows when he has a place. So you can't give any place to the devil. You give place to the devil when there's sin in your life that you haven't dealt with. Let me tell the way, another way you give place to the devil. When there's an area of your life you haven't surrendered to Jesus. I want to ask you something. Is there any area of your life that you've got a little sign on, keep out Jesus? Oh, Jesus, you're welcome in this room. And you're welcome in this room, Jesus. And you're welcome in this room in my life, Jesus. But no, Jesus, this is my room. This is my room. And and I'm not going to let you in that room. Well, you see, if Jesus is not in the room, then it's not under his authority. 
So if it's not under his authority, a demon like a roaring lion can come in and get in that room. And he can branch out from that room and defeat you in every area of your life. If there's any area of your life that you have not surrendered to Jesus, you have already given place to the devil. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to surrender my finances to Jesus. All right? Then the devil's going to get in on it. And he's going to defeat you. Well, I'm not going to surrender my marriage to Jesus. It took me 15 years to get this woman straightened out, and I'm not going to let Jesus mess it up. Well, you better surrender your marriage to Jesus, because if you don't, he's going to destroy it. Well, I, I'm not going to surrender my children to Jesus. I don't want them to ever be a missionary or a preacher or go to a foreign land. I've got plans for my children. And you've got plans. I'll tell you what you better do. You better put them on the altar and ask Jesus to take authority over them so that the enemy cannot come against them. Well, I'm not going to surrender my job to Jesus. I know more about accounting or engineering or selling cars or working in a grocery store. I know more about that than Jesus. No, you don't. You better surrender your job to Jesus. If you don't, the enemy's going to get in it and going to make a mess out of it. Listen, he says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the demons. Listen, he comes looking by to see if there's any empty rooms. I can't get in that room. Jesus fills that room. Jesus fills that room. Jesus fills that room. Oh, there's a room. Jesus doesn't fill that room. I found a place I can get into their life. And he just gets in there and he fills that room. And you are in trouble, big trouble. You say, how do you know? Because I've been in rooms I wouldn't let him have sometimes. And buddy, I got to the place where I thank God I could give him that room because I was getting beat up bad. So you can't give any place to the devil, okay? So don't give any place to him. Secondly, don't be ignorant of the way he operates. Don't be ignorant of his schemes. You know, he tries to make you afraid. He tries to make you worry. He tries to make you jealous. He tries to make you angry. He tries to make you insecure. He tries to make your, your mind think lustful thoughts. He just, they just, you know when it's coming from the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know it, but you just don't, hey, you, you don't be ignorant. Listen, well, I don't know why I'm going through this, Brother Fred. I don't know why I feel this way. I, I pray and I'm not getting anywhere. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you resist the devil? You say, well, it may not be him, but it might be him. So why don't you say in the name, the power, and the blood of Jesus, I resist you, Satan, from this situation in my life, and I command you to leave, and the blood of Christ is against you. If it's him, if it's a demonic spirit, it'll stop. He doesn't have a choice. He has to obey Jesus. But if it's not, then it's coming from somewhere else. I'm telling you, he wants us to ignore him. Let me just say this. Don't give any place to him. And don't be ignorant of his schemes. How that he has a plan to come against you. All right. Here's the last thing. And that is this. Put on the whole armor of God. Look in Ephesians 6. And in just verse 10 and following. He says, let me just read that, and I'll just mention each one of them. Um, look at what it says. Take up the whole, this is verse 13, all right? Take up the whole armor of God, okay? All right, I'm, I'm going to put on the armor. 
that you can withstand against the evil day and done all to stand. All right, wrap your waist with truth. Wrap your waist with truth. You know, they wore the long coats, you know, and what held it all together? They had a sash, a sash. And when they said, gird your loins with truth, what they were saying was, there's a belt that you put around you. You know, it's like that bathrobe you got. And if you lose the belt, you're in serious trouble. <laughs> you can't walk around the house without a belt. It holds the bathroom, the bathrobe together. So he said, do you wrap, you secure everything with the belt of truth. Let me tell you something. Man, you can read this warfare prayer in pages three through five. I'm telling you, there's so much truth in there. I mean, you, I guarantee you cover as much truth in spiritual warfare as you'll cover in 10 days somewhere else. I mean, it is unbelievable how you can just read the truth and confess the truth. You know the truth, the Word of God. You embrace the truth. You believe the truth. You express the truth. You walk in the truth. You wrap your entire life with the truth of word, the Word of God. It says, put, uh, it says, put on the... Have gird your loins with truth. Look at the next thing. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. He is. So you say, Lord, today I stand before you not in my righteousness, which is as filthy rags. I stand before you in the righteousness of the Son of God. And when the devil, when a demon spirit comes to attack me, he's going to run head on into the righteousness of the Son of God. And by the way, the breastplate protects your vital organs. That's why they had a breastplate. And I'm telling you, you know what protects your vital organs as a Christian is the righteousness of Christ. Man, you're wrapped in truth, and on your breastplate, it's the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then it says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You go preaching the gospel of peace. You can have peace with God through the blood of the cross. You can have peace with each other through the blood of the cross. He is the prince of peace, and he can bring peace to you. And see, our message is a message of peace with God and peace with each other through the blood of the cross. And he said, put on the breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet. And boy, number 16, this is the big one. Woo. And above all this, in addition to, to the waist girded with truth, and in addition to the blessed prayer of righteousness, and in addition to have peace on your feet, he said, I want you to take that shield. And it was, wasn't a little shield. It was a big shield. It was one that went from here all the way down to their knees. And those Roman soldiers would carry them. And he said, now you, you, you take that shield of faith. And what I want you to do is to knock down all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All of them. And let me tell you what. See, what, what they would do in those days is they would take arrows and they would light them with fire on the end. And then they'd pull the string and they'd shoot those flaming arrows at the enemy. And Paul had that in mind. He said, oh, how many times, how many times has there been a flaming arrow come from a demonic spirit and it comes right into and goes into my mind. And I say, why am I thinking this? Where did this come from? I don't like this. He said, let me tell you what you've got to do. You've got to have that shield of faith. And when you see that fiery dart is coming, you take that shield of faith and you knock down the fiery dart of the wicked one. And you knock down the fiery dart of the wicked one. And you knock down. You see, that's an armor. He says, you've got the shield of faith. And you knock down those thoughts and those fears and those attitudes that the enemy shoots at you. Take the shield of faith. 
that you might knock down the fiery darts of the wicked one. Then he said, take the helmet of salvation. Have a spirit. You've got a spiritual mind and be spiritually minded. And by the way, he said, take the sword of the spirit. You know, you have a, that's our offensive weapon. It's a sword. Take the sword of the spirit. And when the de- demon comes to tempt you, you just quote the word of God. The devil tempted Jesus and said, command these stones be made to bread. And Jesus said, no. Man can't live by bread alone. He was quoting scripture and he just stuck the sword in the, in the, in the devil. And the devil came back again and says, jump off this temple and God's angels will catch you. And Jesus said, no. He quoted the scripture and took the sword and jabbed Satan right in the heart and said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And Satan took him up on the mountain and said, fall down and worship me. How did Jesus answer him? With his philosophy or his feelings, no. He took the word of God and said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he took the sword of the spirit and he rammed it in the heart of the devil. And the devil left him. So what are you going to do? When the oppression comes, the thoughts come, you're going to use the word of God. You just quote the word of God. Just, hey, a, a lustful thought comes into your mind. You know what you do? You say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And you stuck that demon with the sword of God's spirit right in his heart. And when the, when the thought comes, well, you don't have to cheat much. You just cheat a little. You, it's, it's called stealing, but it's really not stealing. Everybody does it. And you don't have to do that. And you say, Oh, no. So let me tell you what the Word of God says. Let those that stole steal no more. Let them labor with their hands. And you stick the sword in the heart of that demon, and he has no power against you. The sword of the Spirit. And whatever it is, whatever, you know, you you need another husband, or you need another wife. Your marriage is not good. You deserve better than this. You say, you are a liar. He said, you know, when I said, until death do us part. It says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. And you stick the, that demon with the sword. And it says to your wife, well, you just go on and harass your husband and jump and pick on him. And the husband but it says to the wife, you respect your husband. He said, I'm not going to do that. It says, I'm to respect my husband. And you stick the sword of the spirit, the word of God, in that demon spirit. Folks, it's a battle. You say, Brother Fred, I don't like it. I'm going I'm to resign. You can't get out. I'm going to go AWOL. The demons are all AWOL. Well, when I got saved, I didn't know I was enlisting in a war. You did. So here you are. But I'm going to tell you, it's just like going to battle and the victory's won. You know, I'm going to close. I'm going to give you an illustration. And don't misunderstand this now. They overcame the him by the blood of the lamb. They used the blood of Jesus to overcome the devil. And the word of their testimony, they confessed who they were in Christ. Um, I heard, uh, it was a well-known motivational speaker. I I, I got his name, but I can't remember it. But uh, he's well-known, and he told about the fact that he was sitting in his den, and he was watching this particular football game, and said, you know, Everything was going bad, but he was just calm. 
He was just peaceful. Other people watching the game were going crazy and screaming and hollering. Well, that's awful. What did they do that? We're going to lose. We're going to lose. He was just sitting there eating Doritos, you know, and, 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 and that non-fattening dip. And he was, just, he was just enjoying himself. You know why? He had already seen the game. And he knew who won. And he knew that his team won. And nothing upset him. Nothing. Because he knew the outcome. Now pardon me if I have a spell here. I know who won. Jesus won. Hallelujah. He won. He won. He won. And I'm telling you the devil's defeated and all the demons of hell are defeated. And we have the authority of Jesus. And all we have to do is resist him. And not listen to his lies. And take the shield of faith and knock them down. And we walk in the finished work of Christ. From victory unto victory by the Son of God. But it's a battle. And all I can say to you is be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Because it's going to be a battle till you get home. But just keep your eyes on Jesus. You're seated with him. And his victory is yours.